You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. Jordan, I'm so excited. Yes, sir. We have with us Mr. Bradley Gaskin. How you doing, Bradley? I'm doing wonderful, guys. How are y'all? We're doing good. I I feel like maybe you've seen the bat signal that us country fans have been waving in the air. <laughs> because I woke up one morning, looked on TikTok, and there you was. And I'm telling you what, it brought me cold chills. I have been waiting to hear some music from you in so long. Thank you for deciding to pick the guitar up and come back to us. Country music needs you. I tell you, man, it's something that I struggled with for a while. Um, I did that, you know, on the road and had my first single back in 2011. And I played a lot of shows, traveled with a lot of uh, artists and, and friends that I have. And and uh, we were out doing our thing. And, and for whatever reason, uh, it stopped. And uh, so I came back home, took a break. Uh, I continued to write, but I didn't try to pursue to get another record deal. Uh, kept hearing I was too country. Of course, we've we've heard that for a long time. I mean, they were they were saying that uh, back in the seventies that so and so was too country, right. you know. And and uh, I just I never did understand that, but I I let it kind of get in my head for a while. And uh, when you listen to other people around you, you're like, well, I don't really sing like so and so, and I don't write like this. And if that's what Nashville's really wanting. Uh, I just, I can't do that. I've got to be me. And uh, a lot of friends of mine, I'll tell you what I actually did. Uh, when I, when I quit writing after, I, after my record deal was over, uh, I, I, I started writing and continued to write with, with newer guys in town, trying to, you know, just see if I could write something different from out of my vein. But every time I would go write with those guys, they would direct that back to a stone cold three chord country song. And I was like, guys, they said, well, look, man, you're, you're country, so we can't do anything else. So I went through a, a lot of years of nobody really recording any of any of my songs because it was too country. And uh, so I just got, you know, I got burnt out. I went to work at a sawmill. I went to work at a sawmill for six months. And every day I was in there, I was just I was working as hard as I could be to do the job that I'd hired on to do working at a sawmill. Well, every day somebody would come up to me and go, Hey Bradley, you ever going to sing again? Hey Bradley, I was listening to Mr. Bartender on my break today. I can't believe you're working with us. You're just a normal guy like us. And I said, man, I'm blue, blue collar. That's all I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, hard working paycheck to paycheck, hanging drywall with my dad and painting. Man, that's all I've ever knew. And, uh, I just, you know, I wanted to write songs and play guitar, but anyway, I took that break. And uh, when I took that break and worked at the uh, sawmill for a while, people just kept telling me, man, are you ever going to do it again? And uh, so I got out of the sawmill, went back to play the Grand Ole Opry for the last time. The last time I performed there was uh, back in 2015. And uh, it was a cool show. Uh, You know, I'd played there several times. But when I went that night, my little girl, uh, she was a little older, so she remembers a lot more. But we got to play with Charlie Daniels and and Brad Paisley and Chris Jansen and and uh, just got to hang out with with a lot of cool folks. And uh, it just felt like when I walked away that night, it felt like that that wasn't goodbye. And I didn't I didn't really know how long 
it would be before I got back to that point or if I ever did. But it felt like I'll just see you later when I left. And I felt like I would be back. And uh, so the sawmill came into play. And then I was a janitor. I was because I was a custodian at my little girl's elementary school. And I worked there for five years, put my guitar up, swore I'd never, you know, sing or write or play again unless they asked me on Sunday morning. And, you know, I'd go sing and perform. And, uh, you know, I, I just I didn't write. I felt like that nobody really wanted to hear anything that I had to say. And uh, I can tell you every morning I walked in that school. It don't matter what grade, whether it was pre-K all the way to sixth grade. Somebody throughout the week, some little kid, boy or girl, would come up to me and go, Mr. Bradley, um, wasn't you a singer before you swept our floors? And I was like, yes, I was. And they yeah. said, well, why are you doing this? And I said, this is my job. Yeah. And uh, they said, are you ever going to go back to singing again? And I said, probably not. I said, I like being here. And they said, but we like hearing you sing. And so Jack Cole um, is a guy that, that plays a huge part in this. He is uh, the, the president of the brand new record label that I just signed, 30A Life Records. Uh, he kept calling me and calling me, trying to get me to, to, to sign something, go in the studio and record and, and do all this stuff. And I said, man, I ain't doing it. I said, I'm content. I'm happy. I'm working Monday through Friday. I go in at 630. I get off at 230. And if it's deer season, I can be in my tree stand shooting house by about three o'clock. Yeah. And I said, you know, about two hours uh, of hunting time. And I, I was right down the road. And I thought, that's a no-brainer for me. I can get me a dip of snuff. I can go hunt. I can work at the school. I'm off on weekends. Uh, to make a long story short, um, those kids knew more than, than what I did. Yeah. Uh, so I, I decided to take this deal with, with Jack Cole and, and Bob Clark, and we have recorded uh, four new tracks, and we've got five more coming, but we're not going to shut it off at that. Um, most people, when they put a record out, um, they're going to put a couple songs, and then it's a year before you hear anything else. Right. What we've got finished business. Mm -hmm. We've got songs that never saw the light of day. Um, we've got something that we're proud of, that we love, that we know there's a fan base out there that loves. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing for me, you got all these great singers and, and how they've crossed up country music into pop and they've done all this stuff. Well, here's the thing, man. I feel like there's a room for traditional there and is. I feel there is much room, uh, there is, is anything else. And I think country music is one of the greatest genres ever. Uh, when I first started singing and writing songs years ago, I wasn't trying to win awards. I wasn't trying to to be somebody famous. I was just trying to sing songs that I love to flip and sing. Right. And they were heroes, man. It was George Jones and Merle Haggard and Keith Whitley and Johnny Paycheck and Charlie Pride. All I wanted to do was wave the flag, man. Yeah. And so I just wanted to be a country guy. And uh that's put me where I'm at today, man. I, I used to hang drywall. I used to work at a sawmill. I used to be a custodian. Now I'm back to being a country singer, man. So and I, there's a lot of people excited for that, too. And, and, and I feel like, you know, God does that. You know what I mean? He, he puts yeah. people in your life to remind you, hey, this is a talent that I've given you, and I want you to take off with it. Yeah. And, I mean, the way you sing – you can't teach somebody to sing like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a straight up gift from God. And we're just so happy that, you know, that you're coming back and you're playing some music. Right. Well, man, 
glad to be back. We got a lot of stuff coming too. Good. I have to throw in. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't know. It, you know, if you've listened to the show that much, I grew up. I listened to everything. If it's good music, I liked it. Right. I wasn't much on country per se. Sure. I, I enjoy me. You know, some old country. That's what yeah. I like. You know, Hank Williams, Hank Williams yeah. Jr. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I'll never forget when I get a message from Ryan one morning. It was probably six. Yeah, it was early. Morning. <laughs> I had just sent my kids off to daycare with my wife. And right. I'm like stretching. Out. I try to stretch every morning. You know, lift a little bit of weights or something. Sure. I look at my phone. And there's a video of you <laughs> singing, and he's like, he's like, it's coming, he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, he's coming yeah. back. So, so excited. So now, what? Uh, tell us what it was like when you were 16, 17 years old. What did you listen to then? Uh, I listened to the same thing I listen to now is what I listened to then. Um, some of my first, some of my early memories. Uh, was Johnny Horton. Um, Johnny Horton, I had a, an old 45 man that had the Battle of New Orleans, and, and there was a ballad on the back of it. It was called, uh, it was titled All for the Love of the Girl. And uh, it was just this powerful ballad coming from the same guy that sang, In 1814, we took a little trip. He was doing right. all that. And I thought, man, this guy can sing and funny. So I kind of fell in love with that. And then I remember. Um, early on, my granddad playing me George Jones for the first time. And when I heard George Jones sing, I didn't know what in the world he was singing about because I didn't know nothing about cheating and drinking and partying. And I didn't know nothing about that stuff, man. I was a young kid, but I thought, man, whatever they're singing and however he's singing it, I want to do that. Right. And so, you know, I, I started singing that stuff early on. And just to be honest with you, man, um, I don't know anything outside of Southern gospel music or country music. Um, I've been a late bloomer to, to a lot of things, um, you know, over the last few years, I would go out with one of my good buddies, John Rich and, and man, he was a walking jukebox. So yeah. when John and I would bust, man, it might go from Frank Sinatra to Stevie wonder to Bing Crosby to Merle Haggard, to John Denver, to Metallica, to Sebastian Bach, you know, yeah. from, from, uh, uh, what's what's Sebastian Box Group? What's what's that band? Uh, see, see, I don't know anything except country. Jordan I know, does. I that. know what you're talking about, but I can't think of the name uh, of the band. Yeah. But anyway, Sebastian Bach and some of those guys, man, and and I'd be like, "What is this?" And uh, <laughs> yeah. he's like, "The whole new world." So I listened. I started listening to things that I didn't normally get, mm-hmm. but also, if this makes sense, I believed them. So when I heard that, even though it was something different out of, you know, my realm, mm-hmm. I thought, man, great's great, no matter That's right. what it is. Right. And, you know, so I, I learned to kind of embrace other stuff. And to be honest with you, man, it, it made me start thinking outside the box a little bit yeah. uh, and maybe put some country stuff in and maybe some sporadic songwriting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so really, I mean, I man. Adele, that's one of my favorite singers. Uh, Lady Gaga is one of my favorite singers. Uh, But man, I don't know, man. I just, I fell in love. I just found the um, Black Crows the other day for the first time. And I was, man, I loved it. And I've been listening to Dr. Hook 
And uh, my new favorite song is Sylvia's Mother. Yeah. And I had no idea that that existed. And I thought, man, that should have been a country record. Right. It could have been. You're, you're right. So I have broadened my horizon, man. That is awesome. Now, That's great. I filmed one time. I filmed it was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I filmed okay. you doing uh, a Vince Gill cover, and it's yeah. on YouTube. It's it's got a massive amount of views. Vince Gill was he somebody that you kind of learned that that you wanted to try to sound like growing up? Well, no, I I wanted to sing like Vince and George Jones and Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley. It ain't that I wanted to to mimic them. Right. Uh, I just wanted to sing and make people believe me the way they did. Because to me, at the end of, end of the day, you can sing the prettiest song in the world, but if you ain't got no feeling to it. Right. It's like going to church without no preacher, man. They ain't one yeah. there. I just sing the house. Yeah. You know, so if it's a singer that really ain't putting something out there that I'm feeling, I'm just going to stay at the house. So right. I've always seen something. Uh, nothing in myself, but I always tried to, to be believable. So when people walked away from me, they would go, man, I believe that guy. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're a singer and nobody believes you, I don't feel like you're doing any good. No, yeah. I agree Amen. with you. No matter that, what. You- yeah. That happens a lot. Of, that happens a lot these days. And it does. And, and, and I understand every song's not going to be that emotional with somebody. Everybody's not going to understand it. Everybody's not going to get it. But mm-hmm. what we're trying to do that I never got to do is put a song out for every feeling. Yeah. We, we, for every feeling. You want a good time? We got it. You want to cry? We got it. You want to be happy? You want to talk about marriage? You want to talk about love and kids and honky tonks and bringing a tear to a glass eye? We got it. And uh, so that's, that's really, Vince was one of those guys and, and I'm sorry if I'm being lengthy, but. Oh no, um, you're good. I got, I got to play the Opry with Vince one night. Randy Travis was actually supposed to headline the show. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Randy didn't make it that night. And uh, I had already put in my song set list to sing Mr. Bartender. And when I call your name which was a Vince Gill song. And that was Vince's actual, his first number one. He had several songs before that, but that one actually put him on the map. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't know Vince was coming. I had my song set list. I went out and I did my sound check with my guitar and all this stuff. And I got back to the dressing room and, and I was standing there and with a good friend of mine, Larry Gatlin from the Gatlin brothers, Larry and I, uh, we hit it off early in Nashville, wrote several songs together, toured and traveled together. And he's one of my dearest friends and a mentor to me. And uh, he was standing there beside me. And the lady that was uh, doing all the sound and the stage sound, she come up to me and she said, hey, Bradley, uh, we've had a change of plans tonight. Randy Travis is not going to be here. And I was like, oh, man, I hate to hate to hear that. And they said, well, we have filled the slot with Vince Gill. Well, my heart just fell to my being boots. Right. And I was standing there and they said, Hey, um, we still want you to do the, we still want you to do the Vince Gill song. And I said, Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I right, said, how not, could you? <laughs> the, the man's right here. The same man that made it famous. It's number one, Opry member, Vince Gill, musician. He's gonna headline. And then I'm going to be a couple artists ahead of his headlining, singing his own song. No, I ain't going to do yeah. that. It ain't going to happen. And uh, she said, well, look, to make you feel better. Of course, this didn't make me feel better. 
She said, to make you feel better, we already asked Vince, could you do it? And he said, absolutely. He would love to hear you do it. Oh, wow. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> with much, with as much um, enthusiasm and uh, uh, I, I drug all my nerves to the stage and uh, went out. And, and by the way, I will I'll add this. I was just playing with me and an acoustic guitar. There was wow. no in band. Wow. So I went into the first verse of When I Call Your Name. And when I hit the chorus, Vince Gill pulled the bar stool that was sitting behind the curtain out on stage and sat and watched me perform till I was finished. Wow. And uh, when I was done, um, it was reaction from the crowd um, that I... I didn't, I still don't know um, how to put that in words to what that felt like. Um, when I walked off stage, Vince was standing to his feet. I stuck my hand out to shake his hand and he pulled me in and gave me a hug and told me thank you that I'd brought back a memory to him that he hadn't thought about in a long time. And uh, as I walked off stage and back to my dressing room, um, I couldn't believe where I was. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a sheetrock blue collar guy from Alabama uh, who's just simple minded, who loves singing. And uh, it put me in one of the coolest places that, you know, I ever could have been in my lifetime. And because I used to watch, you know, the Opry on television, I used to listen on the radio and I always wanted to have those cool cowboy boots and those Gibson guitars and and the shiny shirts and to go out there and, and just sing, man. Right. And, you know, here I am 41 years old in my life. And, uh, I've been doing this since 2008 and I took some breaks here and there. And I think you got to, um, yeah. I, I think, um, sometimes slowing down and, and like you said earlier, God does have a plan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I thought I had the plan, but I really, I didn't even have the blueprints. Um, exactly what, what was going to happen. So what I should have done is not worried and just chilled and, and, you know, just understood that he got it, but, uh, you know, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you can get all that emotion that you felt after you sang that Vince Gill song, if you could gather all that emotion up that you felt and put it in a song so we could feel it. That'd be great because I would yeah. love to know what that felt like. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I hate to say this, I don't hate to say it. We've got a song that's coming mm -hmm. that is that. We I have a song that no ever. It doesn't remind you of anything, and I, I love songs, man. I, you know, when somebody mentions a country song, or if we're in a writing session and somebody says something, if it's close to something that I grew up listening to, I'm going to know it. Right. Um, right. But I play the other night for some friends of mine that are really close friends of mine. And I said, Hey, I want y'all to hear something. And uh, so I let them listen to it. And then I let somebody else listen to it that uh, I have known, but I wanted to know what their opinion was just as a listener. And uh, the, the first question they asked me was, what's this going to remind me of? And I was proud to say nothing because of all the songs I know, I can't think of one thing this reminds me of. And it's coming. It's coming. Wow. That is awesome. Yes. So now, speaking of songs, what's one song that you wished you would have either uh, recorded or written of all uh, the songs? What's <laughs> one that? 
<laughs> man. Um, well, I tell you, there's probably, I probably couldn't give you one right off the bat. I mean, I couldn't, there's so many great things. Um, I wished I'd, there's songs that I wished I'd written that, that nobody even knows existed. That were just album cuts years ago on people's records. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Um, don't close your eyes. I'm a huge Keith Whitley fan. I was nine years old the day Keith passed away. Hmm. Um, when I heard don't close your eyes, uh, there was just something about the way Keith sang, uh, caused me to, to want to listen to him more and, and listen to, to all his stuff. And, and I guess it would be between don't close your eyes. Um, he stopped loving her today. I mean, one of those songs like that, because I'm Mm -hmm. a ballad. That's, that's just what I am. I mean, I can, you know, I can sing you some, some up-tempo stuff, um, but I prefer to sing the ballads, man. So I guess anything that was a ballad that I grew up listening to that caused me to, you know, turn my head or turn, turn the radio up or, uh, flip that eight track over or whatever. My dad used to have an eight track and it'd be Charlie pride. And it, it during the half of it, it would click, it would stop and you'd have to pull it out and turn it over. <laughs> yeah. Any of those songs right there that made me pay attention. I, you know, any of those country songs, man, like that. Yeah. So now do you have any tour dates coming up? Well, we have we have a couple things that are coming. Um, we have a website that that, that has just dropped this uh, within the last couple of days. Um, but we do have some schedules coming up. Uh, but we're waiting to get more things locked in before we put them out there. There's there's a couple things that we don't know that we can get on that we hear that we may get to. Right. So if we know more. We're going to post some things. But 2023 uh, is pretty much when things are really going to get started. Uh, that that uh, January, February, March, about March, April, May, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff, man. But uh, as I said, uh, in the next couple of weeks to a month, we're going to have more information for people to read and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Now, we have a listener who wanted to know the TikTok videos that you do uh, yeah. in, in the background. Is that woodworking that you possibly done? That was just yeah. a fan hey. question. Everything you see behind me, I have done every bit of. Wow. That is impressive. Um, I, uh, I started this house. I, we, we sold our, my wife and I, uh, we've been together this June 2nd. It'll be 21 years. Been married 15 of those. We Congrats. got, a little, thank you. We got a little girl that's, uh, she's going to be 14 years old this year. And, uh, after 15 years, we sold our house. And uh, so I had some hunting property that uh, I started building a brand new house on and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when COVID hit, I started writing more songs because, because I couldn't get no material in, but yeah. uh, what's, what's what we got so far. Um, just a little bitty farmhouse here in duck Springs, Alabama, man. Okay. Oh, sheetrock in here. I'm, those days I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame <laughs> you. I was thinking of the same thing. If I could do shiplap <laughs> instead of drywall, I'd be happy with that. Now, here's the thing. I ain't too good to do drywall. I just don't want to. Let me just right. <laughs> You've done your share. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jordan, that's the questions that I have. What do you got? Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to ask one question. I, yeah. I know you're from Alabama. Yes. Are you a sports fan at all? I am. Yes, I am. And you're going to be you- sh- are you roll tide? Are you uh, war eagle? I'm a war eagle. I'm a Kentucky fan. <laughs> yeah. So, 
thing with me, man. I'm a War Eagle fan. I'm an Auburn Tiger fan, just die hard. Um, all my buddies are Bama fans. I have to put up with it all the time. Yeah. But the worst flipping thing that happened to me two years ago was that the little girl I thought I raised to be an Auburn Tiger. Oh, no. She now says that, <clears throat> that two-phrase word, man, that I cannot flipping say. Oh, oh uh, no. Diehard Alabama fan, thanks to to my songwriting buddies, and and it's kind of made me wonder if I should find me some new songwriting buddies. Yeah, you know? Come to Kentucky, <laughs> come on up here to Kentucky. Yeah. We'll take care of you. <laughs> so now, Duck Springs, where's that like? Where's that located in the state? Okay, like, so I, I am between Fort Payne, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and Huntsville. I'm kind of like the pitcher's mound to all of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you visited uh, Hank Senior's grave? Yes, I actually. Can I tell you a cool story about that? Yes, because that's on my bucket list. Okay, here's the thing. So, Bill Anderson, are you familiar with Bill Anderson? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is one of my dear friends, man. He and I have been writing songs uh, ever since my first performance at the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, He and I hit it off. We started writing songs, hanging out. Well, he called me about a year after my record deal was over and uh, he called me up and he calls me the honky tonk general. And uh, of course they call him whispering Bill Anderson. So I call him Lieutenant whisper. So uh, when Bill calls me, he says, general, this is Lieutenant Anderson. For, uh, they, he said, reporting for duty. He said, I want to know if you want to do a songwriting showcase with me at Hank at the Hank Williams museum. Wow. And, Said, I'm going to put on a class and talk about stories and songwriting. And he said, would you like to go be my guest? So for three days, I went and hung out with Bill Anderson, which in my opinion is one of the greatest songwriters ever. Absolutely. Uh, matter of fact, he wrote when he was talking about songs, ask, you asked me what I wished I had recorded. I wished I would have recorded the song that he and Vince Gill wrote called Which Bridge to Cross, Which Bridge to Burn. Um, that song is genius. They, they wrote it. And uh, that that been something that I, I would have loved to have written and recorded. But uh, Bill asked me to come down there and and we played a couple songs and, and went through, you know, three days of songwriting and, and telling people our stories. And of course, it didn't seem right. Me sitting there. I mean, you got Bill Anderson that's been there since 1955. You got yeah. Bradley Gaskin, who's been in Nashville since 2008. I mean, it's almost like I, I should have just carried his stuff in and got his water like I shouldn't even have been. <laughs> And uh, I would have loved to have the stuff he threw away. I mean, the yeah. stuff he threw away would probably hit, you know, better than right. what I've. Um, but anyway, we're sitting there and it was on the last night and, and uh, we got to go out and play. And, and Bill, uh, he and I performed a song that's also uh, we just recorded. And you guys will be hearing that pretty soon as well. And uh, but that night when, when it was over, Bill said, Bradley, he said, I'm heading back to Nashville. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm heading back to Duck Springs. And he said, do me a favor. Before you leave, go over to the Hank Williams grave, go over to Hank's grave and just, just so you've been there and feel it and just go there. Right. So I went with a songwriting friend at the time, uh, Bobby Tomlin, who was good friends with, with Bill Anderson. And he used to be little Jimmy Dickens, handler every day. And that's how I got to meet little Jimmy and hang out with him several times. So Bobby, uh, Bobby and myself went over. And uh, I pulled out my Gibson J45 and I put a guitar pick down on Hank's grave and I knelt down beside it and I started singing the first part of 
I'm so lonesome I could cry. And when I got to uh, the midnight train is winding low, the train in Montgomery came through and whistled while I was performing. Wow. And from that, I stopped and uh, got up and nodded my hat to Hank and walked away. Right. So uh, wow. that was a, that was a pretty cool moment for me, you know. That is and awesome. Go, well, that was just coincidental. Well, maybe so. Yeah. For whatever reason, I thought it was pretty daggone cool. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. That's an awesome story. So I got a, a few rapid you know, yeah, fire man. questions. Uh, do you pee in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Who it do makes you don't? feel better. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. We've only uh, had one person. Yeah, Craig Campbell said he didn't. Yeah, I, I Craig, call bullshit. Yeah. But. He just wanted to be different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite place to perform? Anywhere other than my living room. All right. Who are on your Mount Rushmore of country music? Your top four. George Jones, Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley. Mm, golly, mom, that fourth one's hard. Oh man, dude! I don't, I don't know. That's the Bradley top three. I nah, he'll <laughs> never be there. <laughs> well, I'll let you think about that. And while you're thinking yeah. about it, hang on. Let me let's right. get. Let's see. <laughs> I'm running through all the, the singers in my head, man. George Jones has got to be number one. Yeah. Um, Merle Haggard. Oh, I got it. I got it. I know. All right, here we go. George Jones, Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley, Garth Brooks. There it is. Yeah. That's it. We, yeah, we yeah. just saw him last uh, two weekends ago yeah. in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, I was the kid when he came out. When Keith Whitley died, um, I gravitated right to, to Garth, man. Yeah. And uh, shoot, man, I, I love me some Garth Brooks. I'm going to see him for the first time in a couple of weeks. Going to see him for the first time in Birmingham, Alabama. There you go. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be singing louder than anybody there. They're going to kick yeah. me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have one last question. I ask it for every interview. If you need to close your eyes, you can. Um, I want you to picture yourself walking down an empty highway. There are no vehicles. There are no cars. There are no people. Uh, you're walking. It's in the middle of the night, completely empty. You walk a little further. You look to your right. There's an empty field, except you see a two <clears throat> people in the middle of the field. They motion for you to walk close. You get over in front of them, and one is God and one is the devil. And they ask you to sing one song to save your soul. It doesn't have to be one of your songs. It just has to be a song that you're going to sing with every ounce of emotion that you have in your being. <clears throat> what song are you, are you singing? Well, if that could save me, I would say there was this old, there was this old song that I grew up listening to. Uh, are y'all familiar with the Bill Gaither videos and stuff? Mm -hmm. I am. Okay. okay. Do you know Jeff and Sherry Easter? I know the names. Yeah. Well, they, they had a record cut in the late 80s that had a song on it called I've Been Touched. 
And, and the, the song is called I've Been Touched by Those Hands That Were Hanging from a Tree on a Lonely Hill That Day. Mm-hmm. That song right there I've been singing since I was nine years old. And so if, if that could save a person, because we only know that the blood can, and, right, right. and I have been saved, but if there was something extra that could go along to it, not that you need anything extra because one drop of blood is good enough. Right, right? amen. Touched by those hands would be what I'd do, and I'd sing it right in the devil's face, man. Awesome. That was awesome. I love every every answer we get for that question. I, I love because, I mean, you well, can tell like, it means a lot. Right. With us. I recorded years ago called Satan knew my grandma. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, why I recorded that was because of my praying grandmother and there's a line and, and I didn't write the song. I wished I'd written it. Uh, but the line in the song said the devil, he would get so mad. He'd burn himself, man. When you pray that hard yeah. and it burned him and he wished he'd never fail. There's something to that, man. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, Bradley, we, we really do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come talk to us. Yeah, You said that you record, recorded me doing uh, When I Call Your Name. And yes. Can, yes. You, can I tell you, I remember the call letter for the record company? Yes, go for it. Uber 99. That was it. Yeah. That was it. WGGC. I don't forget. Yeah. I don't forget, man. That was an awesome night, dude. Like, I had coaches, and if you listen close in the video, I say, hell yeah, about a couple <laughs> minutes in. Well, so, I'll tell you, um, that's the first time I ever sang that song out. Wow. Well, you nailed it. I'd yeah. been singing, you know, I'd been singing it on the bus. I'd been singing it home, you know. But as far as to go out and just do it, that that was on a whim, just, you know, doing it. If you're looking at video, my drummer, CJ, he couldn't be still. We yeah, told him not yeah. the whole time he was just he was just doing this. Right. You know, never forget that memory, man. Well, we thank you so much and we will definitely be in touch here soon. And if there's anything that we can ever do for you to let us know. Yep. Well, look, let me go ahead and tell you before we get off here. June first, 30A Blonde, my brand new release, gonna be on all music platforms. That's oh, what yeah. I want to say. All right, then awesome. we'll be spinning it. Well, man, I appreciate you guys. Look, if we can ever get together, if we can ever do something, call me up. Let's do this again. This is fun, man. Yes. All right, buddy. Have a good night. 100%. Thank you, Bradley. Thanks for the support, guys. See you. Thank you. See you, man. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the Interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch you all next time.